0: All right, welcome to the Blue Mountain uh, Champions Fantasy Baseball League podcast brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. I am public enemy number one, uh, the Denver Desperados, Matt Kozlowski, joined by Shane Stein. Good to be here, Matt. And Kyle Stramer.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Hey, thanks for um, you know looking past the league gag order and joining me tonight <laughs> and talking some baseball with me. I uh, appreciate you guys still being friends with me after earlier this week, so <laughs> thanks.
2: It's tough, but uh, someone's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no problem. We're here for you.
0: <laughs> thank you, I appreciate that. Um, Alright, it's been about a week since we talked baseball. Once again, I want to thank Beano for joining us last week. Did a real nice job. Um, we may have to find a different form of communication rather than using the multi-man hangouts, because we did have some static there. Um, <laughs> So we'll try and use Skype next time and see if we can get uh, Beano on via Skype. I think Kyle is completely against multi-man hangouts at this point in his life.
1: Yeah, Beano really hyped it up. I thought it was going to be a lot better. Um, My expectations were high and I was thoroughly disappointed by the multi-man hangout.
0: I guess that's not a bad thing if you're left disappointed from a multi man <laughs>
2: hangout. But... Yeah, that was my first multi man hangout, and uh, I was left a little uh, a little disappointed.
0: Yeah, high and dry <laughs> to be exactly. Think. Um, all right, so speaking of Bino, he was involved in the first trade of the week. I want to talk about some winners and losers? Um, Kyle, you were involved in the other end of this deal. Bino gets Carlos Gomez, and you get. Cody Reed and Jake Bowers two prospects for um an outfielder you've been looking to move for quite a while now and one of the prospects is on your favorite team so I guess I'll let you shoot first
1: sure yeah so as you said I've been trying to move Gomez for a little bit here um just a guy who doesn't look like he's gonna fulfill his contract out the way I would have liked him to extend it out to eight years and now, luckily, he's only seven bucks right now, moving up two bucks each year. I think $15 would be his last year of the contract, but at that point, I guess I just don't feel like he's worth it. Um, you know, this season he's not even worth the seven dollars. He's just been really frustrating me. Um, so I, I wanted to move him. And uh, so I, I sent out a couple of feeler offers. There's some other guys in the league that declined some offers. and. Um, you know, Bino thought about it and pulled the trigger. So I was happy to get Cody Reed, and uh, excited about what he has to offer. I mean, especially being a Reds fan, like you have mentioned. And actually, Jake Bowers is a guy I'm pretty excited about as well.
2: I don't get it. I don't, I don't get the deal at all. Um, we talked to Bino last week, and he seemed like he was – adamant that he he figured he wasn't going to make the playoffs. He said he wasn't going to give up. He's clearly a competitive guy, and he he wants to see what his team had, he said. I I just don't know what adding Carlos Gomez to the fold is is really going to do to make you better now or for the future, Um, especially giving up what he gave up. Um, I'm not sure if for a team that was looking to contend maybe next year and down the line uh, and giving up front-end talent, top-end talent, like a guy like Cody Reed, And even Bowers, who has has a lot of potential uh, for a 30-year-old outfielder that you have to keep for the next four years. Um, That's not getting better. So um, I don't know. I just don't understand the deal. Hey, maybe it works out. Maybe Gomez figures it out. I I just have a hard time believing that Carlos Gomez is going to be a better player in the next couple years than he he has been. Uh, He's already shown a lot of signs of declining, and this year has been no different. So, I mean, you got to keep him for the next four years and, and hope that he sustains a pace that is what he did two years ago. So is he what, what he did two years ago going to be what he does maybe down the line in the next few years? I don't think so. So I, I'm just really confused. For a team that's rebuilding to, to go after an outfielder that's aging and give up two of their better prospects, uh, I, I have to sell on that. I think Kyle gets a big win here.
0: Yeah, I think Kyle wins this deal too. Um, I think Cody Reed ends up being the best player in this deal. There was a lot of uh, hype around him in spring training. Thought he had a chance to maybe make the club out of spring training. He's a really good pitching prospect. Um, you never know with pitching prospects and if they'll pan out, but I like Reed's chances too. Um, just about as as well as any prospect does um, in any minor league organization in our league. So. I like Reed a lot. Bowers, don't know what to make of him. Um, I'm sure he'll be probably a a decent bat. Kind of always worry about Tampa bats and whether they'll develop or not. Um, It's been a little while since, I guess, Longoria is probably the last bat that they really developed internally that that ended up being a high-end player. So um, we'll see what happens there. As far as Gomez, um, the one thing maybe that in defense of Bino... We talked about last week. It doesn't necessarily hurt you to be a buyer in May. Um, maybe have a chance to flip Gomez. He's got a friendly contract. If he turns it around, he's going to be a highly sought-after piece, I would think, at the deadline. So really, I guess, a low-risk move for Bino in terms of getting a player he could either hold on to at a real nice contract or then flip for possibly more than Reed and Bauer. So I do want to say that in defense of Bino, despite me thinking I think Kyle got the better end of this deal.
2: Yeah, I was going to touch on that real quick, the same thing. Um, I guess my dismay with the trade is is kind of looking at it from a Gorilla Glue standpoint as looking at them as a team of the future and not right now. And maybe maybe it's a move where, hey, Gomez figures it out and he keeps me in the race for a little bit. My offense obviously needed a little help. He keeps me in the race and maybe I can keep myself in contention most of the season. And also, if I don't, hey, I, I might be able to flip this guy for a prospect back at the deadline and get something back. I just don't know if you're going to get Cody Reed value for him at the deadline unless he really turns it on. Um, uh, I'm pretty high on Reed as well, just like you are. Uh, pretty pretty solid pitching prospect there. So, But, yeah, as long as he can flip Gomez for something, if he does end up getting out of the race, hey, you take a chance, maybe he figures it out and, and keeps you in contention.
0: Yeah, and if Gomez does turn around, like I said, he doesn't have to flip him because he is – as Kyle mentioned, a very friendly contract, but I would think he doesn't finish this contract on Bino's team because I can't imagine this guy has four years left of um, of talent left. So, um,
1: yeah, too, I was going to say, you know, even... I mean, I mentioned I don't think he's worth $7 right now. I mean, that was just frustrations of watching him go 0 for 4 pretty much every night and striking out three times. Um, but, I mean, realistically... In his last year of his contract, fifteen dollars. That's, you know, pretty much an average price of a starting outfield in our league. And so, you know, would he be excited about keeping him? Probably not. But he's probably going to at least get the value of what it is.
2: We'll put it this way: when when Gomez is thirty-four, that'll be the last year of his contract. Thirty, his thirty-four-year-old year. Um, what is he going to go for fifteen dollars in that draft? Potentially. 20 max probably probably 20 at the high end probably more like a $10 guy um, so he probably falls right in the middle there so I mean it's not great value like you said but I mean it's not going to kill you so it's not, it's not like it's a terrible contract that he's taken on so I guess I mean when you really look into it I, I, I don't think he got the better end of the deal but I don't think it's a deal that, that'll make or break him
0: all right other trade um, was between Tom and Cody as they extend what seems to be like their newfound best friendship uh, between the two of them, making the second trade in two weeks. Um, in this trade, Tom gets Jorge Soler and Cody's third round minor pick, as long as Cody still has that third round minor pick. And then uh, Cody gets DJ Davis and Alcides Escobar from Tom. Um, I think this is a clear need move for Cody. He loses D. Gordon. To suspension for 80 games, just about. Um, I guess it's going to be around 12 weeks or so, a good portion of the season. Um, so, Adam Escobar definitely helps his middle infield depth. Maybe even gets him half or a little less than half the steals that Gordon would. So, I see the need move, and you know, Solaire isn't really exciting, and he hasn't been good, and you know, you have to worry about if he's even going to get the playing time. So, Tom. Takes a, another low-risk move on a guy who, at one point, just as uh, little as two years ago, had real star potential. So, just another another uh, classic example of Tom stockpiling potential talent and seeing what he has there. So, I actually like this deal for both sides. Thought it was pretty fair.
2: Yeah, I thought this is as far as deal goes, about as fair as you can get. Uh, seems like we got a little bit of a bromance going on here by the from the <laughs> Malloy boys and the Chodes, huh? Little, just a little bit, uh, some some backroom deals going on. Not talking to anyone, just working it out on their own. Uh, I like it though. Um, yeah, pretty fair deal. Cody Cody gets what he needs there. Some speed in the middle, and and Tom takes on some some unknown talent. Some unknown. What are you gonna get from? We'll see. Let the year play out, and maybe he's a guy I can build my team around. So, and Cody once again trades a late round pick. Which look out the rest of the year, if you're trading with Cody. <laughs> Uh, He does not have a third-round minor, Um, so if he offers that in a deal, you will be called an asshole by me. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, so I guess, you know, my first thought when I see that these guys are making deals back and forth, Cody's in law enforcement. Does he have something on Tom that he's just, (laughs) you better trade with me and nobody else? Because, you know, like you said, he's not really going out and, and asking a ton of people for... Uh, you know, opinions and thoughts on what he could get. Um, but anyways, I think I agree with you guys. He did well. Uh, I think it was a good trade for both. Uh, you know, I'm not super high on Escobar. Davis is a whatever prospect, uh, in my opinion. And especially when you look at Tom's prospects, Davis just doesn't fit the mold of what he's been stockpiling. So um, I like the low-risk move to try and see if so is something special. And... Another pick to just add in when he needs a trade, or if he wants to hang on to that. So, all around, definitely a fair deal. Uh, the one thing I did want to speak to is what were what do you guys think of him drop Cody dropping D Gordon because that's a guy that I would have potentially traded for, and he just kind of let him loose.
0: Yeah, I thought that he definitely could have got something from him, especially from his buddy Tom. So, um, <laughs> I, I was surprised he dropped Gordon, but. Yeah, Cody has shown in the last two weeks that he's making a push. So I guess he didn't have room for him.
2: I was really confused by it. Um, he's already shown that he's going to play this season really aggressively. Um, he certainly has been listening to the podcast, we feel like. And he's been taking taking some notes down. He's been really pushing pushing the, the accelerator and going after it. And, and I like what he's doing. Um, but this one was one that's confusing. I feel like he could have got value for Gordon from a bunch of different teams. Um, I think there's some teams in the league like the Stallions. Uh, I think the Matadors would have been in on a Gordon buy. A lot of the top teams that that know they're probably going to make the playoffs regardless of, of what they do the rest of the way would have been interested in giving Gordon that roster spot and holding on to a guy like that and seeing what he can do down the stretch when it matters. Um, got to figure Gordon's going to be back in what, August? Late August is it? Sometime around there, if he can come back and be an impact stolen base guy down the stretch, he'd certainly be worth a buy from someone. So,
0: yeah, um, nothing else to really add with those. Sorry, I was watching uh, Jose bring pop out. <laughs> Great for my team.
2: And just a, kudos to Frank for uh, for pick, snatching him up. I'm not sure who all had. I had a claim in. claims in, but Frank gets yeah. him, and um, yeah. Now he just has to he's obviously gonna take up that roster spot, but the destiny can get in the playoffs, I mean he can certainly be an impact player yeah, once playoff time comes around.
0: Yeah, he may be trying to shop him too. I don't Kyle can yeah. probably speak to that better than us if he knows what Frank's I've plan made is. An offer already. What?
1: I may or may not have already made an offer. Did you? Yeah, it got turned down though.
0: How yeah. much is this gonna hurt Gordon moving forward, or you guys feel like maybe him taking the steroids didn't really help him, and he really is just what he what he was.
1: I think he's just what he was. I mean, if anything, I'm thinking he has a small frame, and it's for recovery, just to make sure he can play every day. Um, that's the only thing I could make of it is it, it's an endurance thing to gonna stay on, stay sharp, and on top of his game throughout a long, grueling season. I can't imagine. I mean, look at the pop in his bat; he's got nothing, so. I know steroids aren't exactly only uh, powered, but um, yeah, mean, the guy's fast. So. World-class
0: sprinters also take steroids, so that's the only other thing I wanted to say. is It doesn't necessarily just mean that you're going to hit the ball farther.
2: Yeah. Yeah, This, this obviously this isn't a, hey, I, I need to take steroids because I, I want to hit the ball over the fence. That's not <laughs> part of his game, but, I mean, all the other benefits of taking them as far as you mentioned recovery, um, obviously the speed increase and, and just being able to maintain. this This kind of feels like a like a confidence thing for him it's just like hey i'm taking this and i'm feeling good about myself um uh, i want to sustain that high level maybe prove everyone that it's not a fluke i mean obviously i don't know when he started taking it um but it just that's what it feels like to me just i, I need to maintain that level that i played at last year um i don't know who knows
0: all right let's get into what everybody wants to talk about on this podcast Except for me. I got my arm twisted to even do this podcast, if I'm being completely honest. Because I didn't really want to talk about this uh, much further. I kind of came out the gates swinging uh, early Monday morning. um, Fired up because I got five wins taken away from me because of a stat adjustment. Um, Just to make it clear for the whole league how the CBS site works now. At the start of the first game, once that first pitch is thrown... The 47 players that you're eligible to have on your lineup are locked. You can't add or drop anybody as of that first pitch. The 47 guys you have there and that at that moment are the guys you have for that day. Now, who you have starting, who you have on your bench, um, who's in your minor leagues, that can fluctuate throughout the day until that individual has then played, so... I know that that's a change this year from the prior nine years in the league, and I think that that, that obviously contributed to this this mishap, and I do understand that that could have happened, um, but the one thing I will say is when you do make a transaction, it does tell you what day you're modifying it for. So I know it was an honest mistake by Caleb. I don't really blame Caleb in any of this. Um, just unfortunate that I, I seem to get the short end of the stick here. The one thing I do want to say Andy came out with some pretty harsh words for me, Um, and then the conversation kind of died because everybody seems to respect Andy more than anybody else in the league. Um, He made some comments about me in the post that looks like I won all the pitching stats. I actually lost four out of the five stats I lost for pitching stats, so I don't think that ever really got cleared up to the league. Um, I would have had a chance to catch Caleb in two of those if I had known about this beforehand. So just to make that a little clearer, I'm trying not to take shots at anybody in this podcast. I've apologized to the people that I feel like I need to apologize to for the things that I've said. Um, and I'm gonna let you guys take the floor from there. So
2: You wanna jump in first, Kyle or do you you want me to go ahead?
0: Oh go ahead uh, and- sorry, one more one more thing. You know, Andy said that the goal of this league I take it too seriously, potentially um, said it's better than the alternative, but that it's a lower priority for some of us, and above all, they do this league to have fun and stay in touch with friends. I get that, and I appreciate that, and I think that that is the goal of fantasy sports in general, but I think if you're not doing anything you're doing in life to try and be the best at it, I think you're wasting your time, so that's my one comment on that, and I... I get where he's coming from. I understand everything that was said on Monday from all parties. Um, but I think that we all are still competitive. And I think that we all would like to win. I think that's why we do this also. So, all right. That's all I got for now until you guys rattle my cage a little <laughs> more, I'm sure.
2: Uh, obviously, I sat back. I mean, usually I'm in this in the middle of controversy for the league. I mean, in, in any league I'm in, I, I tend to be the, the controversial person. Um probably plays to my over competitiveness in just about everything I do um I can't really help that um so it felt it felt kind of good I guess to be on the outside of a, of a controversy for once but um I guess it's no surprise I, I was on your side for this one I'm not really sure why the ruling went the way it did just based on we've never had a an adjustment made to someone that had an illegal roster before I don't think um I can't really remember one if there was um, maybe you can correct me on that. Not, uh, I was not little, since I've been in the league. I mean, obviously it was an honest mistake. I, I'm not blaming Caleb at all. I'm not blaming anyone. I mean, it, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, it was an honest mistake as far as, I guess, he p- put a guy on his DL into his lineup. Yeah,
0: Blackman was on his DL. He tried to move him into his lineup and drop Jeff Locke that day. And when he dropped Jeff Locke, he um, dropped him for the next day. And moved Blackman off his DL. So then he had too many players on his active roster for that day. That's what happened.
2: Yeah, so I mean, obviously it was an awesome mistake. It's not like he was trying to sk- skirt the rules and, and add a player in too late. Whatever, something like that.
0: And out of respect for Caleb, he left Blackman on his bench because he knew that he was the guy that became the illegal player. So Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. so obviously nothing nothing shady on that end. It was just unfortunate. I mean, it happens. Um. But I th- the the hard part for me is I mean I don't really feel like the the losses should have been added to yours. Um I know we do when people well, when people have 12 starters or 13 starters or whatever, don't we do the thing where you just don't get the wins yeah, for it or whatever and then
1: A tie for the other team.
2: Yeah. So I mean I don't see why you should be penalized. I guess it was my whole thought process during the thing. I mean Sure, I mean the home runs. I feel like that could stay. There was no the home runs that Caleb took you over in. Yeah, that went that wasn't going to be affected at all. Yep, not um, arguing that
0: point not, one bit. <laughs> not
2: arguing at all. The pitching ones, however, I mean you have to know what you're going up against, especially on a Sunday, um, especially on the last day. I know that's when a lot of people make their their decisions as far as am I going to stream a guy. Um, me and Zach did it last week. I mean we both picked up guys for the last couple days, trying to go back and forth for for those categories. Um, I just felt like you shouldn't have been punished in those categories um, for not doing – you didn't do anything wrong. So, I mean, I, I feel like someone else makes a- an error that they didn't even try to, but I don't understand why you should be punished for that. So, especially a, a five-game swing is it's pretty huge. I mean, I know, yes, it's, it's fantasy baseball. I get it. But, I mean, if you're going to do it, I would say everyone wants to win. So, that's the end goal. Um, I just th- – I think that we can maybe take a look at that and maybe find a way – to adjust something as far as having the losses added onto your, onto your ledger. Yeah, got,
1: Say as a as a league officer that that was not something at least that was in the conversation that I was a part of with the other league officers. And um, you know, we didn't really talk about giving the ties instead of losses. So that's something that you know might have a little steam moving forward here. Um, yeah, I, I can say, uh, and apologize from all the officers, and I'm sure you've already heard it from Ms. Cause that, you know, I've heard it
0: from you and Andy, that's it.
1: Yeah, we dropped the ball, um, we should have, we should have contacted you at some point during that, once the decision was made, um, and I, I know that I take full responsibility for, for not doing that, and, um, I know others feel the same, so, I guess I'll speak for everyone when I say that, and, um. You know, moving forward, we're going to do a better job of just communicating as we make decisions. I know uh, it's something that we've we've lacked in.
0: <clears throat> the one thing I think is that how illegal rosters are handled going forward. Like, like you said, Shane, I don't think we've ever reversed an illegal roster before. I'm sure every single illegal roster that I've seen, at least in the last four years, there's been a rhyme or reason as to why they happened. Um, and nobody's ever been able to kind of defend why it happened before so I'll be interested to see how we handle these moving forward and if we have any other reversals if people are able to come up with a valid reason as to why they have an illegal roster so um, definitely set some precedents here I think and it's something that I don't know if it's going to be necessarily fair if um, we go back on these precedents now I hate to make maybe a strange comparison but Whenever there's a court ruling, you know, they always go back to precedence. They don't like to sway from prior decisions unless, you know, circumstances have really changed. So maybe maybe an off-base example, but I know it's something that I've at least thought about.
2: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just it's real simple. It's just the I, you shouldn't have lost the pitching categories. You, you didn't have a, a fair opportunity on Sunday. I know Sunday is usually the biggest day where you're looking at how, what I need to do to – to change some things around, especially in the pitching categories, usually. Um, Those are the ones that can fluctuate pretty easily on a Sunday. As far as strikeouts, um, wins, I mean, ERA, whip-batting average against are usually close. Those ones holds, obviously. Um, I just don't think you should have lost them because you didn't didn't have the, you go in thinking one thing and you come out thinking another thing. So, I mean, that's kind of where I stood. Um, As long as you knew what was going on, Going into Sunday, then that's what happens. Yeah, but if you, absolutely. It, but as, if you didn't, then it's kind of tough for me to, to hand a guy four losses that y- you don't really know what you're up against. So
1: Yeah, one thing I'll speak to that I think, uh, you know, Kaz, you mentioned a little bit, is just the, the reason for the league, um, where the league is headed. Um, I think in years past when this was a higher priority for us that um, – You know, the hammer came down when issues came along that, you know, there was no saying, hey, it's okay. Um, You know, there were rulings in the past that I thought, you know, there were valid reasons for things happening, and it was just too bad, man. This is how it is, and, you know, you just got to deal with it. And, you know, I'm I'm all okay with that philosophy being, you know, another person in the league that has been – Called out for being too competitive at times. Um, you know, I echo what you said at the beginning there that, you know, everything that I'm doing, I'm doing it to the best of my ability, or I'm probably not doing it. And so, um, yeah, this league is important to me. Um, I love staying in contact with friends and stuff. But at the same time, I want to win. I'm putting money on the line. And if I'm doing that, I want to do it to my best of my ability. It's just, it's my nature and you know I know that's not everybody's thing and that's fine um but I mean it's just it's not something I'm, I'm a, personally a huge fan of um but it is what it is
0: yeah I try not to knock people for how they manage their own teams um you know what you want to do with your money you know and your time is that's, that's on you so I know what I do with my time and with my money and one of them is this league So I feel like I got the short end of a stick in that sense, and I kind of agree with that point that you just made. Um, Don't want to harp on it too much longer. Like I said, I feel like the decision's been made. Nobody's really heard out my side of the story. I haven't gotten many answers, but um, like I said, I understand everything that happened. I just want it to be better. So that's kind of the point. I just want it to be better, so. Anything else before we maybe put this thing to rest?
2: <laughs> nah, I mean that's I, I I said how I felt all week. I mean, obviously I didn't really have a dog in the fight. That's just how I felt. I mean, I, I just have a hard time giving losses to someone that didn't really know what they were up against. That's
0: yeah. And I guess we still don't have a decision on what Tom's and Tom and Adam's score was.
2: Well, I have the I figured it out. It was ten 2 two is what it should have been. Um, so I don't know. Obviously, there's a lot of complications with the site. Um, I went back and did all the stats for that one. Um, it would have ended up ten two two in favor of the fanatics. So
0: yeah, and that, I mean that's another thing as we could discuss is maybe it's not worth us paying for this site if we can't <laughs> meet all our demands. You know, it meets a lot of them, and I think a lot of the things that we do we could do on another site um, that we don't have to pay for. So I don't know. Then I I like I like the site that we use. I like the everything everything seems to make sense to me, but I know that it does have some limitations uh with the the intricacies of our league that I guess nobody could really meet. Um, but you know, we do always have the backup spreadsheets to catch everything as far as the the added rosters and everything. So I I don't know. There's a lot of things that could shake down from this whole thing, including I guess me getting booted out of the league at the end of this year, but <laughs> We'll see what happens.
1: Things could go one of two ways here for you. You could get booted out as, you know, one of the, or actually the third person booted out of the league now, officially. Um, And then, you know, potentially voted in as commissioner as someone who is going to, you know, take care of all the extra things that a lot of people don't want to anymore. Uh, I mean, that's another thing I guess we can talk about a little bit. You know, Zach. Looked like he put in his resignation. I don't know if he was upset or uh, or what. I talked to him a little bit just about it, but you know I think he's and I'll speak and defend him in this too because I know uh, I think Andy made a good point. Zach puts in a ton of work, and I don't think you were taking a shot at him for that. But
0: um, no, I, you know, I was not. To- I know what it I know what it is to be a commissioner. I know it's hard work. I'm the commissioner of my fantasy football league. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. No one's knocking that, um, you know, I think Zach does a decent job with this league, you know, I know the effort, especially a 16-team league, with how, with how, like I said, the intricacies that we have in this league, it's not easy, I get that. Um, I I wasn't taking a shot at him as a commissioner, just maybe at the ruling, um, and when I called him a dictator in my first post, <laughs> or second post, I guess, you know, that was before... That, that usually just doesn't go very well. I mean, yeah, oh, and that's fine. I get that. I understand that. I used some words I shouldn't have used. <laughs> I didn't curse, I don't think. Um, but it felt like I didn't know that, you know, because I wasn't told. I didn't know that all the officers were involved. So.
2: <laughs> I just remember seeing Zach's emails come across her in the morning, and I was just like, well, this is about to blow up. Yeah. I was like, before you even replied, I'm like, I know you for so long now. I was like, this isn't gonna sit well. Uh, I was just waiting for the fireworks, <laughs> and sure enough, about 30 seconds later, here we go. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I wasted my whole Monday. Basically, <laughs> did get some work done, so I don't want to. I don't want to come out and say I did nothing that day, but uh, <laughs> yeah, wasn't the most productive day in my life.
2: Oh man!
0: All right. Shane, you you are throwing your hat in the commissioner ring, though, right?
2: I I mean, first of all, let me let's t- on that subject. I have a lot of respect for Zach. He just done a nice job in this league for a decade now. Um, this is his league. Um, I think it's more frustration. I feel like it's it's partly us three bringing up <laughs> just things about the league. I mean, I mean, it's more we're constantly just watching other teams' rosters and just all the transactions and stuff and I feel like it's just I'm trying to think of the right word here um we we kind of are just over the top as far as competitive I get it um we're watching we just want to make sure everything's in line everything's fair and I feel like Zach just kind of gets annoyed by us by when we bring up some everything um and and pile some things on so Mm -hmm. I don't know that he really wants to resign. I I, I just think it's more frustration of kind of just, there's kind of just been a lot of little things going on lately in the league and people are just bringing up some issues. And so if if he does want to, I mean, by all means, I I have no problem stepping in and and doing something like that. Obviously I'm not great with the the technology world. Um, I'll be the first to admit it. But I I think I also have a pretty good grasp on the league as far as I, I spend a lot of time looking at our outer league stuff. I go through everybody's matchups just about every day. So I like to see what everyone's doing, see what try to figure out what's going on in their mind, what they're gonna do. And it just helps my team see figure out what I need to do. So I don't know, I think I could do a decent job.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing I wanna say you brought up me being commissioner. I think as far as the administrative responsibilities, I feel like that I could probably do that. Just as good as anybody in the league. Um, But I think the other goal of a commissioner, which I would probably lack in in this league, is you need to have a relationship with just about every single person in the league. And just because of the fact that I haven't known a lot of you guys except for these last four years, that's the one place where I would probably not be the best candidate. So I appreciate you giving me that nod, Kyle, but I don't think it's going to be... I don't think that's the route we want to go as a league
1: yeah, I just want to say, uh, you know, before you interjected earlier, um, yeah, I just, I do want to say I think Zach has done a, a phenomenal job of, of getting this league started and turning into what it has been. Um, yeah, it, it turned into a league that I really enjoy to be a part of. And I think, you know, honestly, if it is time for him to step down, if he feels like that, you know, good leaders do know when it's time to let go. I mean, he's got a lot on his plate, uh, has a kid on the way, and, and I know work is busy, and that's fine. Um, so if priorities are shifting, and that's his call, um, and it'll make fantasy baseball more enjoyable, then you know that's what we do fantasy baseball for. So um, you know, I, I would just be curious to hear him speak to that, um, whether it was just frustration or um, if he really is looking to step down, because I think now would be the time to start getting the candidates together and have a little campaign. I mean, Trump or Bernie, what's it going to be? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you spoke to priorities, and, you know, I'm the first one to tell you about, I can tell you about priorities. I know exactly, I know what Zach's about to step into with being a father and everything, and I know I understand the work aspect for everybody. Um, there's there's going to be a point where, and I said this to you guys in the off season. I know you're both against it, but there's going to be a point where we have to honestly look at weekly rosters. And, you know, we completely dismiss the opportunity for an illegal lineup in weekly rosters for the most part. Um, These things won't be as big of an issue. I know it would go against everything this league's been for 10 years, but we are all changing, and priorities, like Andy said, are changing. And sometimes the league has to adapt in in some way, shape, or form. So I I know that that could probably get us through the next – 25 minutes of this podcast talking about how much you guys hate that format, but um, there's a lot of a lot of fantasy baseball players in the world that play that format, and um, it seems to work just fine for them. So,
2: hashtag make fantasy baseball great again.
0: Crickets.
1: <laughs> I'm not even going to speak to that because we all know how I feel. So.
0: Yeah, I know that would that would take <laughs> away your sole advantage in this league of caring more than everybody else. So that would. That would hurt the Stallions, so that's one vote against changing the structure of this league as we all get older and take on more in our lives outside of fantasy baseball. So um, I get that too, Kyle. All right. All right,
1: let's move on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, It's It's time to bury this.
0: Yeah. So far this week, uh, some interesting scores. At the start of the day, Shane, you were getting beat up by Bino. You've since turned the tables thanks to Jose Altuve. You're now up 10-4. Um, I'm still losing to Tom. 6-7-1. Despite Tom having um, a very thin roster. <laughs> Masarocco on the DL. And uh, a couple other pitchers. Blake Snell. Um, I think Michael Taylor's on his bench. Jason Mott. Joaquin Benoit. I don't know if... I guess they're on his DL. So, But yeah, Tom has some holes but he's still taking it to me so far this week so uh hopefully we are going to turn things around here in denver um otherwise you got a nice game going with andy you're up 10-4 um and then the other big matchup billy's taking it to zach right now so all four of the division leaders are squaring off this week so it's been uh been an interesting week of games at least in my opinion
2: yeah the one obviously i'll start off my matchup uh me and Bino, um, real interesting for me is his whole roster looks like my former players. Um, he has about eight guys in his starting lineup that were on my team either this year or last year. Um, and they seem to be the guys that have been doing the damage so far this week um, between Corey Seager, Baez, uh, Jerko, Moss, uh, Leonis Martin.
0: Will Myers with the home run. That a boy. <laughs>
2: so i mean some former jones bros coming back to haunt me so far this week but i mean he was beating me up and then uh Derek holland takes the mound today and puts up probably the worst pitching effort of the season um gives up 11 earned and that kind of gets me back in on top here and in control of the matchup so yeah that was a tough one but yeah the exciting thing for me was we, we have all the division leaders t- squaring off this week uh kind of see where you stand uh, and right now it's the the stallions and bombers in, in the lead um Obviously, we're at the midway point, so a lot of work left to be done, but it's always nice to see those top teams going off against each other so far.
1: Yeah, I I continue to wonder how Tom competes with the roster that he has. I mean, you mentioned he has a lot of guys on his active roster that aren't seen at bats, aren't throwing pitches. Um, So, you know, it, it is kind of impressive the damage he's able to do with what he's got, and um i appreciate that he hasn't decided to completely tank and just add players who are irrelevant um you know he's trying to win categories where he can win categories and, and he, i know he checks his lineup every day and he tries to win and that's something i can definitely appreciate um
0: yeah my, my, my team my team's not necessarily setting the world on fire this week either so far so that that definitely right. helps yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and I'll, just, I'll speak, I mean, obviously I'm looking at my matchup the closest. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a battle until Sunday. Uh, Andy has been pretty active this week um, in making moves. And, you know, I think, you know, we had a little friendly text back and forth, um, you know, about the matchup. And I pulled a nice big daddy quote on him and told him he's going down, sucker. <laughs> uh, so that, that's the hope that uh, I can take him down and uh,
0: we'll see. Yeah, I don't have too much more to add to the matchups as far as the other games other than the four that we mentioned. Cody continues to win uh, categories against Burkhart. Uh, Adam continues to do pretty well this season. He's going up against Caleb. Um, Heads up for any adjustments in that (laughs) matchup. Um, Brave Voice, 752 over, I know, I just had to make a comment there, I'm sorry, I let the, let, let it get the best of me there. Um, Brave Voice, 752 over Jordan right now, and then Frank, uh, up 86 on, sure, so, definitely some, some interesting things here as we, I like doing this podcast on Thursdays because a lot can change Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so, kind of sets Everything up for the big weekend. Um, Alright, looks like I just took another category from Tom. That's because... I guess I got total bases now. Nice. Alright, so I'm up 8-6. So all the things I wanted to talk about as far as Tom over me and Beano over Shane have changed um, since I wrote up the script. So that's good. Let's get into the top threes for this week. Uh, middle infielders we're talking about. Who are the top three teams as far as the middle infielder position group goes Um, definitely I think some good candidates here I think first for me is Billy with uh, Correa Bogarts and Cesar Hernandez Hernandez obviously being the weak link in that group but uh, Correa and Bogarts doesn't get much better especially at the shortstop position so definitely like what uh, Billy's got going on is he the number one for you guys too
2: yeah, I have Billy number one. Um, just Cray and Bogarts, two really top guys at the position. Um, tough to argue with there. And then if you can get anything at second base, and just maybe kind of think right now, um, Billy's got to be in the market for a guy like D Gordon, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You throw throw D Gordon on that roster, and you get those three in the middle uh, with the outfield that he already has. Um, could be pretty pretty deadly. So he's got to be in that market.
1: Yeah, um, I also have Billy number one. I just think Correa sets him apart, and then Bogarts is obviously a very nice number two. Um, Speaking of middle infield, though, um, when does a guy like Machado go and become a middle infield eligibility? I know he's playing a little shortstop. Is he close to that in our league? Because that might change my... uh, my vote here if they can throw
0: him in there. Well, that's what I just wanted to talk about. Um, so, nice segue there. I'm pulling up the eligibility um, list. I had day second with uh, Anthony Rendon, Neil Walker, and Addison Russell. Machado has six games at shortstop right now, so he needs four more um, to get eligibility. Once he's a shortstop, I feel like day has to move him to that position. Um, And that that changes everything. I think once Machado gets shortstop eligibility, if Neil Walker keeps hitting and uh, Rendon and Russell, I think that makes a a huge difference. So I I had day second even without Machado, um, and I think adding Machado may vault him over Billy as far as middle infield goes.
2: Yeah, if Machado gets shortstop, uh, I think the Brave Boys slide into number one because I think just the volume of those guys having four pretty solid players. I mean... Rendon and Russell have kind of disappointed so far this year, so I think we expect them to do a little better. But I mean, they've been disappointing. But if Walker continues on a on a solid pace, I mean, having those two guys would be pretty pretty close, just the having four four guys over Billy's top two.
0: So you had day second too?
2: I don't really have any one second. There's just a a mashup of of teams that kind of have one good player, one average player, and then they're kind of trying to figure it out or they have two good players but but not great um i looked at a bunch of different teams i, I don't know that i can give the nod a second I, I think if i had to i'd go dutch oven uh with starling castro brandon crawford and trevor story right now um i don't know that it necessarily sticks that way but i think I, that's where i'd go right now
1: if, if i had to go with my number two it's actually going to uh zach and kingdom come i think uh you know with cano desmond Semyon, and then daniel murphy it's just the way murphy and cano are playing you know they're two of the better middle infielders and then um you know you gotta be happy with Semyon right now and, and desmond seems to be doing all right so um i had zach second
0: all right i had zach third cano murphy Semyon. i had fick fourth so uh Castro, Crawford, Story, just behind those guys. And then I have myself fifth with uh, Brett Lowry, Brian Dozier, and Ole Diaz. But I don't think that has much staying power. Lowry's playing great right now. Um, Diaz, we'll see how long that sticks. Um, but that's kind of where I had the top five at least. So Billy Day and Zach for me. If
2: you're going to make me rank them, I'm going to go Billy Thick. And I'm going to go Andy when Jung-Ho Kong gets back.
0: Who, who'd you have to do day third, Kyle?
1: No, I actually had thick third.
0: Okay. What, what Where would you have Day when Machado gets in there?
1: When Machado gets in there? Yeah. Um, I think that moves him into second. Okay. But when Machado's not, I, I think he falls out of the top three. Okay. Um, and i got to give my team a shout-out, of course. Um, why yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, a podcast
0: if you weren't pumping your guys up in the trade market
1: exactly I mean look at the way Kinsley and Suarez are playing um, two guys that are killing it and, um, I was, I've been high on Kettle Marte since the day I picked him up so uh, I mean he is batting 290 right now I think uh, he has the ability to steal some bags and make some noise at that shortstop position nobody
2: so. wants Kettle Marte stop
1: I'm stop. not looking to trade him
2: stop
0: Shane, you know, you got Altuve, but not not much else.
2: Yeah, there's not much else to offer. He's the...
0: the best middle infielder in the game right now, if not the best player in baseball right now. Another home run tonight.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's just the only reason my team is hanging on right now. Uh, he's been tremendous. Um, but other than that, I mean, Harrison, Josh Harrison's been playing pretty nice for me, average-wise, um, but there's there's just no power there. Um, stolen bases have been nice for him as well. But, yeah... Um, I'm obviously in the market for a shortstop right now. It's been the the spot that's, that's been killing me all season. Uh, kind of a revolving door. Just pick your matchups, and I haven't really done a great job of it so far. Uh, that's kind of the the trap you fall into though when you you gotta rotate players, you gotta pick matchups and just hope you hit. And that's not really a good way to make a living in fantasy baseball. So, yeah, you can't really slot my team anywhere in the top half of the league. I don't feel like, even though I have a guy like Altuve in there
0: alright so that wraps up middle infielders I guess uh, next week we'll talk who has the best outfielder uh, outfielder unit in the league I guess it's going to end up being a battle between uh, Kyle and Billy for that one at this point
2: I think that one's going to be a little more interesting uh, a lot of good a lot of good outfield combinations out there for some different guys but just off the top of my head I'd have to probably say the Bombers right now I mean I think that's what we all expected anyway but
1: I think it might be closer than you think
0: I think Kyle will probably have himself won, but i have to tune in next week to find out.
1: Hey, I'll just say my outfit got better with the trade I made.
0: Why? Because you got rid of Gomez? Who'd you slot in there now? Dietrich. Derek Dietrich, nice. Uh, Gomez at this point. We're going to be talking about Derek Dietrich here in our next podcast that we're about to do. Um, So unless anybody else has anything to add as far as um, either the trades... Fick Gate 2016 or uh, the matchups for this week. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here.
2: No, just Getting into that part of the season where we're, we're kind of seeing teams separate. Um, seems like we have three divisions where there's a pretty wide gap at the top. And once again the the Pete Rose division still pretty tight. I mean now it's just two different teams um, between. We haven't even talked really much about Frank's team. Always seems to be hanging around though. Um but Kingdom Come and Manifest Destiny in a tight one top that one. And the way things are looking this week, maybe I slide back up there. So teams are starting to kind of, the cream's rising to the top. Uh, the good teams are starting to separate. And looks like we're going to have a good battle about from teams 5, 6, all the way down through maybe 10, 11, 12 this year. So it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, and I think the trade market's about to erupt. Uh, I think we're a couple weeks away from things getting a little wild as far as the trade market goes. I know that excites Kyle.
1: Maybe.
0: (laughs) All right, so uh, wrapping up the Blue Mountain edition of the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. Um, Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast so we don't have to continuously send the link out, even though I think Kyle will still probably keep doing it. Um, But if you do subscribe, you can either get it on SoundCloud or on iTunes and uh, follow along. Make sure to rate and review and let us know how great of a job Kyle and Shane are doing. Um, Otherwise, have a good night, fellas, and good luck the rest of the week.